A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. We're talking accents here on Money FM 89.3 with Jamie Meldrum, Senior Program Director at KISS 92 and 1FM 91.3 here at SBH Radio, a colleague of mine. I call you the voice, Jamie. You know, I know John Farnham, the Australian singer, is called the voice sometimes, but I call you the voice because you're the guy who does all these voiceovers uh, on radio, uh, on SBH, and of course on many channels like Disney and and many other channels across uh, Asia. Your voice is so versatile. And I know that you can put on different accents as well. Mm. So we're going to get to the bottom of accents and voiceovers today right here on Weekend Morning. So are you up for the challenge? Sure. <laughs> okay. I'll give it a go. All right. All right. So, I mean, I've done some research about this. And, and I, you know, I lived in the UK, as you know. I lived in the US, lived in Australia. But sometimes when I try and put on a particular accent, it can be challenging for me. I mean, speaking with an English accent is very easy. Yeah. I think you and I can relate to that. But doing a good American accent like you can, I mean, yeah. you can do voiceovers and no one would know that you're from Australia. So I've got a list here uh, of uh, tips that I've got from Voice Bunny, which is a, a well-known uh, website for accents and voices. The first one is break it down when it comes to accents. Okay. So how do you break down an accent? Well, for me, it's, it's mostly uh, things like... The letter R are very particular mm. to different accents. Yep. So the way you would say an R in, you know, for example, in a British accent <laughs> is uh, very different to the way you'd say an R in an American accent. So there are just – I look for small keys to work mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, – Quite often there are a lot of commonalities in there. There are parts where the where a lot of accents are very flat. Yep. But uh, the the other main thing, of course, is the vowel sounds. Yeah, I always find with the American accent. I lived in America. I had a green card. Uh, you know, I worked for TV in America, but I could never really get the accent right. And it'd be words like start or, or yeah. car and these because I could do it like a Boston accent. Yeah. How do you get around that? How do you get the, that kind of sound right? Well, that's, that's very different to what we speak as an Australian yeah, person. Uh, I mean, I grew up – I think where my strength lies is, as a, is actually as a mimic. Right. So I c- can hear uh, sounds and accents, not so much sounds, but I can hear voices and accents, and then I can approximate – I, like I can hear them in my head and then make them come back out through my mouth. Right. Okay. Like a parrot. <laughs> so yes, but ba- yeah, basically yeah, it's a, yeah. It, it is. It's mimicry. So, um, and of course, growing up watching cartoons, uh, most of the cartoons it was you know sort of Hanna Barbera, yeah, Bugs Bunny, uh, Bugs and Bunny, the Bunny Road that sort of stuff. Um, there, there's a lot of different accents within those. Um, so. I, I don't know where it came from, but mm. it's just always been there. Mm. That it's been a strength that I've been able to do. I mean, the first time I remember sort of <laughs> knowing that I could do it was I actually got in trouble in primary school. We had a uh, a New Zealand <laughs> teacher, and of course right. the Kiwis have a, their own accent. Yes, they got their vowel sound. Yes, right? they have a, a rather unusual one. <laughs> so if you could just put the fush and chops on the <laughs> disc there, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we we had a lovely – she was a lovely teacher. She was just filling in. Miss mm. uh, Egmont, or as I called her, Miss Egmont. Um, and I got sent to the principal's office for relentlessly mocking her her accent. And it was like, oh, okay, well, I can I'm do sure, accents, I, I guess. I'm sure it was very funny. Okay, point number two, look, not just listen. And this is around the way of someone says something. You look at their mouth and the way they enunciate. How much have you used that? Uh, I do – Sometimes maybe if I struggle a little bit, mm. I, I'll just look for a for a shape. Yeah. 
but mostly for me, it's all internal. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's just it's it's hearing the sound mm. and then listening to what I'm saying and doing and forming, you know, trying to just experiment a little bit with the with forming my own. You know the the shape within my mouth, right? So you're yeah. you're experimenting and practicing, and and the next point is practice reading aloud. I mean, this is something I guess practice makes perfect, right? Yeah, that's the best one for any kind of voiceover. Mm. So whether you want to be a sports commentator mm-hmm. or you want to do commercial voiceovers or you want to you know you want to do like movie trailers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it, just read out loud, and mm. it doesn't matter what it is. Mm. I mean. If you have a magazine or a newspaper lying around, there's commercials in there. Read the commercials out loud. Yes. Yeah. You know? just, just practice reading all kinds of stuff. Read yeah, the phone and, book even. And, and the thing that a lot of people miss is is they – a lot of people think that as a DJ or even like as a commercial, right, that you want to you want to sound like a commercial. <laughs> but the, the thing is that very few of the top voiceover artists actually sound like that. True. For the most part, they're actually just talking. Mm. But there's a bit of sell on it. Yes, that's it's true. Ju- it's just finding that 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 area where, you know, it sounds exciting and professional, mm. but it's not over the top where it, it you know it becomes a you know almost an imitation of you know a voiceover. Yeah, I mean, I had a voice coach early on in TV called Max Rowley, who you've probably heard of. Doing, I've heard of Max. Yeah, yes. yeah. So. He always said to use your lower registers more when you're doing voiceovers rather than start really high. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously your voice, you do high and low, but depending on the mood and what you're trying to sell and all that. But, yeah. But uh, what it, would you say about that? Uh, it depends on what you're doing. Yeah. This is more uh, news and current affairs, I guess. So that would be uh, more appropriate to do a bit of a lower voice. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, for me, it's always focus on what you're saying, not how you're saying it. Mm. Because, you know, anybody can kind of talk in a deep voice. But when you're doing that... You're focusing on how you're sounding and is it, are you in a low register and yeah, all this yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and you're not focusing on what you're actually saying. Mm, mm. So you find you can find a lot of people who have lovely mellifluous voices <laughs> who just talk absolute rubbish. And are complete airheads. Yes. <laughs> all yes. Right, with uh, Jamie Meldrum, Senior Program Director at KISS 92 and 1FM 91.3 here at SBH Radio, talking about accents. Yeah, we spoke about practicing reading aloud. When I read books to my daughter, I try and put on an American accent because I want to try and conquer the American accent, but it's not easy. Okay, another one. Practice talking to a native speaker. Has that helped you at all? Yes. In fact, I find my, I get in trouble when I speak to native speakers sometimes because I inadvertently will copy their accent. Right. Just in conversation. Mm. <laughs> and so, does that irritate them? Like, like your, your New Zealand uh, teacher back in Brisbane? Yes. Yes. So I've learned not to do that. But so, still, even to this day, sometimes I have to stop myself because it's just a natural instinct. Mm. To, to copy the accent. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I find when I, uh, you know, when I talk to you as a fellow Australian or my brothers, uh, it's much easier to get that Aussie accent going because it's yeah. kind of a repartee back and forth, isn't it? So, yeah. And when I'm speaking to an American and I lived in America and the UK, and let's say you're on a phone call with someone, you automatically start giving that accent back so yeah. they understand you better, right? Yeah. So you're not, you know, you're saying half past eight rather than half past eight. You know? Yeah. Just so they kind of, it just runs more smoothly, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, for me. It's very unconscious, so I actually do have to be more careful not to be not to do it in a in an offensive way, with <laughs> yeah. you know, without even thinking about it. Yeah. But um, 
But definitely speaking with native speakers or just listening, like, for example, like I said, from, from my experience growing watching cartoons mm, and just, mm. uh, you know, lots of American shows on television. Yes. Is you get to hear the pronunciation of, uh, of the words. And, like, you would be surprised how many actors we watch every day on American television shows that are Brits and Australians. Yes. You know, Anthony LaPaglia, who I've in- interviewed, uh, he's uh, very active in football uh, and very good. He's from Adelaide, right? He went, used to go to auditions in the US and they'd say, and he'd say he's an Australian actor. And they go, oh, and he'd do an audition and they go, oh, look, you're too Australian. But then he took away the fact that he was Australian and he said he was from Brooklyn and he started doing auditions and he got, got parts. No one yep. could tell that he, didn't, he wasn't from the US yep. because they didn't know that he was from Australia. So that's an example, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and there's just a few key words that that you have to be careful of as an Australian mm, or a Brit mm. doing the American accent. Yeah, uh, sometimes the double e words. Let's give us an example. Like bean. Ah, yeah, bean. Uh, whereas the, most bin. Americans would say bin. Yes, yeah. What about either, either? That's another one too, isn't uh, it? I think Americans would say either. We might say either as Australians or even well, Singaporeans. actually, either or either. <laughs> works. Either, either works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are words that are kind of uh, can, uh, I guess, also schedule, schedule, that are pronounced in a different way. Yeah. You have to be careful, right? But the one that everyone gives the Americans a hard time for is aluminium. Aluminium. Yeah, <laughs> aluminium. Yeah. Which is an unusual one because all the other... Iniums, they will pronounce correctly, titanium. Yes. It's not t- as an example, it's not <laughs> titanium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they but for some reason, aluminium, they just drop that second eye. Mm. Okay, another point that we've got here in our tips with Jamie Meldrum about doing accents. Don't forget to get into character. And this is a good one for you because you've done voices for characters, for cartoons and all that kind of stuff. So how do you get into character for a cartoon voice? Okay. This one actually starts with the character. Character voices are very different to doing commercials and to doing any other kind of, of voice acting. And I say acting because that's where it really is of acting. Of course it is, yeah. So you have to find the character first and the character will inform the voice. So generally when you're developing those, you'll have a script or you'll have a, a, maybe a, a paragraph on what the character is like mm-hmm. and you may have a picture of the character. So you're looking for... To, to find what sort of goes with the picture and what you've been briefed on, you know, and, and perhaps if you have a script, the sort of things that the character says. Mm. And then you have to hold that character in your mind. and speak. In your mind. So you're actually visualizing that character when you're doing the voice. Yeah. So you you have to become the character. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a proper acting job. So, and what are some of the characters that you've done for cartoons that you can share? Oh, uh, well, at the moment, I actually do have have done for a number of years now. There's a, the courtesy campaign here in Singapore. Yeah, it's a famous uh, campaign. With, yeah, with the singer, the courtesy lion. Yes. So I'm I'm singer. Oh, really? And yeah. how does singer sound? So. Singer's like he's kind of young and he has a slightly Americanized accent, but he's really, really friendly and he's a great guy. <laughs> really, oh, that's great. That's great. Wow, that's you. I didn't. I had no idea that that was you, singer the uh, courtesy lion. Um, I mean, there are other voiceovers that you've done, and I've worked out it's you. With it, and now that I know you and you're a colleague of mine, I yep. didn't know it was you, but now I know it was you. Uh, can you get away with things like that easily that people don't realize that you've done that voice? Well, that's the idea. Yeah. Really, is that people don't know that it's you. You know, yeah. 
So I, I, I do a lot of Santas around this time of year. <laughs> so there's uh, there's plenty of ads with all kinds of goodies for the kids. And that, that kind of stuff always comes up at Christmas. Oh. Um, I mean, I, the, the character voices is probably the stuff that I enjoy the most mm. um, because it's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, isn't you know? it? Yeah. Um, sadly, though, we don't do a lot of animation here. Mm. Uh what happened was a few years back, the uh, IMDA uh, or the MDA as it was then, but IMDA was uh, supporting a lot of uh, local animation houses to try to get pilots off the ground. Right. And what happened was we would do the pilots and even some of the animation here, and then the ones that got sold, all the work went somewhere else. Ah. So, so you didn't uh, have the work after the pilot. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know, you work really hard and do two or three voices to, to you know, help mm. get the thing sold, think, hoping, you know, you'd end up with the part on the show proper. Mm, mm. But um, then in the end, you know, some of the production would get here, but like the voices might get done in Sydney or Los Angeles ah. or, you know, because uh, Los Angeles is ground zero for, for voiceovers. Yeah, so. yeah, Hollywood and all that. I mean, yeah. I guess, you know, you being a boss here at SPH and also being a voiceover guy, the more voices that you can do, you can not have to get an outside person in to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I understand I mean, how you work. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's not a conscious decision to work that way. It's just you know, we're, I guess that, we're just lucky that we've got you know someone on staff that can handle that sort of stuff because otherwise you've got to get people from mm. outside and it's expensive. So any accent that you can't do that you really oh, would struggle millions to do? of them. What's hard? L- for lots you? and lots. Uh, More than Ireland. I, uh, <laughs> The thing for me, though, is if I spend a little bit of time listening to an accent, I can normally pull them off. So I don't like, I, I don't have, yeah. it's not like I do, there's some guys, like there's an Aussie guy by the name of Keith Scott, mm-hmm. who did uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle for the Rocky and Bullwinkle oh, movie, fantastic. and he does a lot of the Hanna-Barbera, mm-hmm. you know, Bugs yeah. Bunny, those characters. Um, he's working all the time. So he's doing these voices and accents day in, day out, every day. So I, I don't really have a bank of them because it's not what I'm doing 24 yes, yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. you know? Mm. So, but if people will often say, can you try, can you try this one or can you do this one? And they'll, they'll send me a sample and I'll, I'll be able to just spend a little bit of time listening to it and then, you know, approximate it or, or, or bring it back. <laughs> right. So normally not a problem for uh, Jamie Meldrum to do any accent. So break it down. Look, not just listen. Practice reading aloud. Practice talking to a native speaker. Don't forget to get into character. Do you think those are reasonable tips for they, um, Yeah, they're pretty good. I think reading aloud and uh, is probably the one that's best for practice. Okay. Just read aloud from anything. Pick up any piece of paper and read it any way you want. And when you're looking to get into character, what you can do is you can start with serving what we call serving suggestions. So, for example, if you have to do a character that's like a, a, a mature sort of authoritative woman, like almost like a queen, mm. right, then you start off with your impersonation of the queen. Right. Even if it's a bad impersonation. Exactly. Because it's your, uh-huh. we're not looking for an impersonation of the queen. Yeah. We're looking for a character who is like this. And you're created. In, in your mind, yeah. you think, well, it sounds, she sounds a bit My like My husband queen. and I. Yes. So <laughs> you do your impersonation right. of, of that character. Uh-huh. And then that will, by, in and by itself, it will be unique. Fantastic. I, I just love talking about accents. Uh, Jamie Meldrum from SPH Radio. Thank you once again for sharing your insights, the voice. A pleasure.